Welcome to the Big Ticket Clients Podcast, where we feature expert thought leaders and cover the best strategies, stories, and psychology you need to land big ticket clients. Because as you know, you can't catch a whale with a worm. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Pillay with the Big Ticket Clients Podcast. And it is my pleasure to introduce you today to Melanie Johnson. Melanie, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Dr. Pillay. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And Melanie, I know that you are out there in Houston, Texas, which is a couple hundred miles from me. And I also know that you are the CEO and owner and publisher of Elite Online Publishing. You've achieved a lot of success, which we're going to get to, but just tell us a little bit about who Melanie Johnson is, how you got here. I mean, the level of success we've already talked about in our sort of green room conversation is phenomenal. How did you become the person you are today? You know, people ask me, how did you get into publishing? Now, if you would have asked me five, six years ago, you know, you should get into publishing. I would have thought they lost their minds. You know, I wouldn't have known anything about that. So my background is television, and that's really where I started my career. Before that, I was a commercial actress and a singer, and um, also I was Miss Michigan. But then I got into TV, and I really learned everything about TV and became an owner of a TV station and started it from scratch. So at the time when everything kind of changed and I got out of television, I really thought TV was a dinosaur. So I wanted to learn more about the internet. Now we're talking about 2008. Okay. Mm -hmm. And really there was a tremendous amount of growth from 2008 to now over the last 10 years. So I looked at it like everybody could have their own TV station. Everyone could have their own radio show, which is like we're doing right now. Yes. So that's what I was looking at. I had started a website at the time and then my former husband decided to go into bankruptcy right after we divorced, which threw everything into a tailspin. So I All the money that I was getting was frozen. I was getting bought out of the businesses. So all my income was frozen. I couldn't sell anything because half of it was in bankruptcy. So I was really kind of in this tailspin going on. So I got creative. So what do you do when you're in that box and someone's putting that thumb on you? Sometimes you have to look outside of what you got. I always say it's like a Rubik's Cube. Mm -hmm. You keep turning it around, turning it around, trying to make the colors all match up. So um, both my homes, I had two really large homes. I guess you'd consider the mansions. One was 25,000 square feet, which is really big in Houston. And the other was 13,000 in a resort area in Northern Michigan. So um, came up with VRBO had just started renting houses. Mm -hmm. And at that time, only real estate companies rented houses in those type of areas. They told me, you're never going to rent your house. It's way too big. You want too much money to rent it. So they rented one week that summer. I put it on VRBO, did all the marketing, put the pictures up, created its own website, stuck it on all these other real estate websites that I could find. I rented that house for 12 weeks that summer, and it was for 12000 a week. So I was doing pretty good. So I came home and I thought, hmm, I wonder if anyone's renting houses in Houston. <laughs> well, at that time, there were only apartments getting rented. So I put it up and rented my larger home. And I was getting 20000 a week when I would rent that. But then I had people that wanted to do events. Like I had Johnny Walker uh, Liquor that came in. They did an event for three or four days. I had people say, man, can I do a wedding there? Can I do photo shoots there? Mm-hmm. So man, I just started booking that house 
we would either stay up in the top or we'd move out and people would come in for a week or whatever amount of time that it was. And we were making mid six figures. So for about three, almost four years, I was making an income while I was fighting the foreclosures on the houses. Um, You know, so, but then finally the houses did foreclose. So at that time, then I lost my place to live and I lost my income source. Wow. And during the course of that time, I knew that things, I eventually I was going to have to be out of those houses. So I started getting into real estate and I became a real estate developer. So in Houston, I was tearing down older homes, putting up three or four townhouses there, Mm -hmm. but then the market fell out and oil dropped. So then that went away. So I could see this happening. I was keeping my thumb on what was going on in the marketplace. So I started selling off everything that I could, but then I still had two properties and I lost some money. But in the meantime, I was still educating myself on the internet and how to market yourself on the internet. And um, at one of the conferences I was at, there was a friend uh, that I'd come friends with, Jen Foster. Mm -hmm. She was newly divorced. I had been divorced. And uh, it was the first time she wasn't going to have her kids Mm. for part of the summer. And she knew I had this villa down in the Dominican Republic that I was looking to monetize or do something with. It was my timeshare. And uh, she said, you know what? We should go down there and spend a week down there, but we need to make money. (laughs) So we came up with this idea to do a book writing retreat down there. We called it Hot Chicks Write Hot Books on the Beach. Okay. (laughs) And uh, so we did the retreat. We sold it. Um, We started publishing a couple of books that we did down there and um, advertising it. And Jen's background is a website developer, and she owned a chain of retail stores. So it was a great marriage between the two of us. She's very technical, mm-hmm. and I'm very promotional. Mm-hmm. And so um, next thing I knew, people were emailing me, I didn't know that you published books. I didn't know that you were an author. Can you help me with my book? So two months later, we incorporated and started a publishing company. But I have to say, the first year or so, I kept telling Jen, listen, this is like my side hustle, okay? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm in real estate. I'm a real estate developer. <laughs> and uh, then real estate just you know, went this way, and publishing was going this way. And uh, since then, we have published over 70 books. Mm-hmm. Every single one, we've made a bestseller on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and really, our specialty is we do a lot of things that other publishers miss. We're really into detail about making great covers, doing your Amazon author page, which I want to look and make sure you have one, Dr. Pillay to make sure yours is kick butt because sometimes either you don't have one or it's like a Facebook page that's empty with nothing on it. And we call that the million dollar page. So, um, you know, we're really into details and we work with our authors one-on-one. And I think that's a key in business. Like you're talking about how do you get that high value, high ticket customer? And I think some of that is offer them something different. So for us, it's really that one-on-one intimate exposure. I I really equate it to to when you go to Neiman Marcus, right? So you're at the high-end store. You're mm-hmm. going to get higher quality, better products, right? Is what you're expecting. Mm-hmm. But then we're the private personal shopper at Neiman Marcus. Wow. So we say we're the Neiman Marcus private shopper of publishing. So wow. we're not just like the high ticket, but we're giving you that one-on-one attention and really paying attention to the detail. Yeah, and and on our show, Melanie, we say big ticket, not high ticket. Big ticket. Sorry, <laughs> you're right. I'm sorry. Big ticket. <laughs> but but Melanie, I have to say that as I hear, as I listen to your story, one word keeps popping up into my brain, and that is resilience. I hear the word resilience as I hear your story, and you know, I am so just like 
proud of you for for the the ups and the downs that you've been through. I mean, who goes from singing to being a Miss Michigan to losing it all, going through the uh, you know the divorce process, losing yeah. businesses, and then building up from scratch and being the success you are today? How would you speak to how resilience has shaped your life today? Oh man, you know, I'm known as the queen of lemonade. That's what my <laughs> friends call me. I like it. <laughs> you know, I've been handed a lot of lemons in my life, um, in the latter part of my life and made it into, uh, to lemonade. And I think a lot of it has to be, I got here because I have such a positive attitude. Mm -hmm. I really focus on the solution, not on the problem. How do we fix it? How do we make it better? Um, because I don't want to drown in the problem. And, you know, there was one point, I remember when all of everything started to crash and burn. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I was never a big drinker, but I remember ordering, you know, I don't want a glass of wine. Give me the bottle of wine. You know, I need the bottle of wine. And then I realized, okay, Melanie, either you're going to go that way. Or you need to prepare yourself like an Olympic athlete because you're in for the fight of your life. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. I took the shift. I don't drink at all. And I just started working. I was like Rocky, you know, with that mindset. I mean, I was working out. I got a boxing bag in my house, a big one of those ones that stands on the ground. And <laughs> a guy that worked for me saw me hitting it. And I was moving it across the floor. He's like, whoa. <laughs> you know? But you've got to find a way to put that energy and put it into a positive place. And don't let the energy take you down but twist it and make you better, right? So if you can take the pent up maybe anger, frustration um, and put it towards the solution and to putting it towards things you can control. Mm. So that was the other thing I think that I focused on is not what I couldn't control, what can I control? I can control if I work out every day. I can control what I eat. I can control my attitude. I can control my actions. Mm -hmm. So um, I started working towards that. Good for you. Good for you. Now, you are today a 10 times number one best-selling author yourself. You're in the business of helping others do that. You've already talked about uh, 70 plus uh, books under your belt in the elite online publishing company that you have. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about your business landscape, you know, your existing, uh, your, the people that you serve, right? Who are they? What kind of challenges do they have when they come to you? I know you mentioned uh, my book and, and I'm, I'm probably, I, I suppose a couple of steps ahead because I've already achieved the bestseller status, but yeah. I still need to keep marketing my book. So I'm sure I'm, I'm in the, you know, group of sort of the people you help. Tell us about those people, the challenges they have, and then how you step in and help them. So the people that come to us, either um, they want to write a book or they've already written their book and they're getting ready. And um, I think one of the biggest myths about having the book is they think, well, how many books am I going to sell? Am I going to get my money back on my book sales? Yeah. I'm like, no, you're really not. Okay. But how you're going to use your book is that you're using it as leverage and an advertising tool. Mm. So first of all, like you said, it's giving you that instant credibility. Mm -hmm. You're a best-selling author. You've taken that knowledge and condensed it into a different format that people really revere mm -hmm. and look up to. Mm -hmm. So we tell people, you're going to, we're going to teach you how to use your book as a marketing tool to get those big ticket clients. Absolutely. Right. So we don't just say, here's your book. There you go. Let's come up with a plan for your specific business. So we have authors, everyone is different. So like you want to use your different to get your book differently than some of our clients are running for Congress. So two totally different game plans of how we want to tell them how to use their book. So we do what's called a marketing roadmap for them of here's how you're going to use your book to get votes versus getting clients 
versus, versus getting speaking gigs. So there's different strategies for all of those. So first of all, we want to rebrand you as an author. So we want everyone to know everywhere on your Facebook page, your LinkedIn page, your Instagram, that you're not just the title that you have already, but you're the number one best-selling author in addition to that. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to go through all that work and not let people know who you are. Mm-hmm. It's like hiding it under a rock. Yeah. So you're paying for that. So that's first, it gives you that credibility, gives you that branding. Then you have all this content that you can... Um, you can reuse over and over again. You can pull quotes from your book and use it for social media. You can make podcasts using some of the parts of the book. So it gives you a whole slew of content that you can use. So I would say our authors, some of the hurdles they overcome is like they're they're sick and tired of putting marketing dollars to magazine ads or maybe even uh, Facebook ads or YouTube or things like that. That's just not working. It goes away. Now, being from the television business, I sold airtime. So you got that 30 second, 60 second spot. Maybe you did an infomercial, but it goes away like that. And then you pay for it and it's gone. With a book, it's there for a lifetime. The title is there for a lifetime. So you get it for, it's such a great investment because there's nothing else like it. I found there is no other advertising tool that I can think of that's there all the time that you can use, reuse, and repurpose in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. No, that that is such a an excellent and all-encompassing answer because I couldn't agree with you more about the 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 mindset shift really that a lot of people have to make from I'm writing this book to become a sold author versus I'm writing this book to become a celebrity expert that, you know, can market to people and create clients or create whatever, you know, outlets I want. That's just so on point. In fact, a lot of that is similar to what we have in the podcasting world. Um, yes. Some people come into the podcasting world thinking, hey, I want to be number one podcast on iTunes. And sure, that's a, that's a nice goal. But it's not necessarily the most profitable goal for your business. Your podcast, as you said, is a tool of leverage. So thank you for that sort of, uh, you know, clarification of well, your clients. And you know what? I want to um, just jump in on the podcast thing and mm-hmm. promote what you do because we have a podcast as well. Mm-hmm. And we've used that podcast to get clients. Yes. So I just say, we're not necessarily worried about the ranking and we've gotten you know, at least six clients from doing a podcast. Absolutely. So, you know, the credibility that comes with that, people are impressed that they have it. So um, we're like, how are we going to get to a certain person, that big ticket client? Mm -hmm. So we found if we invite them on a podcast, Mm -hmm. you get them one-on-one. Like, Mm -hmm. first of all, you couldn't get your foot in the door before. Yes. Now all of a sudden you have them and you are brilliant uh, that you do the 15 minutes ahead of time. So usually what we do um, is similar. Like it may be an author who's someone who's our author already and we'll go through their book, look them up on Amazon, give them tips of what they should be doing or should have been done, been uh, done for their book. Mm -hmm. Next thing I know, they're like, can you do that for me? Cause my publisher just doesn't even know how to do that or not going to do that. And, um, or, you know what, you guys seem so much more on top of it than my publisher. I'm referring somebody to you um, through that. So yes. So have a podcast, have a book. Those are both great things and great ways to get clients. Absolutely. So Melanie, everyone who I've come across that, um, you know, does kind of what we do, the coaching, the consulting and the supporting of other people's dreams, really, if you will. Um, tries to have a process and, and I, we haven't talked about this, so I hope I don't push you into, into uncomfortable territory if you don't want to share. But do you have a process 
that sort of goes, you know, that takes people from, they don't know who you are. They then they come to know who you are. You guide them through mm-hmm. one or two things and then they begin to see results, right? Do you have a process that you can share with us that isn't too invasive, but still <laughs> explains, explains uh, kind of what you do for your clients? So um, let's say you come to us and you know you want to write a book for your business, but you don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. So we offer something called a VIP day Mm -hmm. that brings you and we're there with you all day long. Mm -hmm. And we cultivate each chapter of the book. And one of the great, like, this is a great way for anyone. Is that a group? Is it a group session, the VIP day? We do a one-on-one. Oh, group. So again, you know, it's a big ticket thing. So if you want to come in, we spend the day with you and then we record everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And here I will give every business owner who's here, here's a great process. Mm -hmm. It's like a little secret weapon to start your book. Yeah. So how many times in your business you get the same questions over and over and over again? So if you write down, say, your 10 top frequently asked questions or 20 top frequently asked questions. Mm-hmm. So I tell everyone, take right after this podcast, I want you to set a timer for five minutes and write down as many questions as you can think of that you get from your business all the time. Mm. Then I want you to think about the top 10 questions that they should be asking you if they knew what you knew. Mm. Like, man, they should like, uh, you did this great thing with audio today. I had no idea. Like I should be saying, what's the best way to, you know, should for, should I, what kind of microphone should I buy for my podcast? You'd be saying, what you should be asking me is what app you should be downloading that <laughs> runs in with, you know, so, so that's an example. Yeah. So, um, so what should they be asking if they knew what you knew and then write down as many of those. Okay. Then after that, I want you to go through those questions and think of a story that goes with it. Mm. Now, Dr. Pillay and I talked about stories are really big. We want to hear stories. Yeah, yeah. So we want you to go back and tell a story and you don't have to write down the whole story, just a keyword that mm-hmm. reminds you of that story. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, oh man, when I, this client so-and-so, or when I was 12, this happened to me and this mm-hmm. illustrates that. Mm-hmm. So go back and put a keyword for a story for each one. So then the format of the book starts out for the chapters. You've got the question, you've got the answer, you've got the story. We would like at least three stories. Mm-hmm. One is okay, but if you can do three stories that illustrate it. Mm-hmm. So here's a great example. I don't know how many of you are churchgoers. I'm sure many of you have been to church one time or another in your life. Yes. So it's almost, it's so much like a pastor. Mm -hmm. The pastor tells you the scripture, right? Which Mm -hmm. could be like the question. Mm -hmm. And then he may explain it, but then he gives you examples that illustrate how that scripture relates to your life, Mm, right? mm. And then at the end, he gives you like the aha. So what does that really mean? It Mm -hmm. means that, you know, like I say, you know, the commandment is you should tell the truth. Well, let me tell you, when I was five, I got caught stealing a cookie from my mom and I told her that I didn't take that cookie. And, you know, do you tell that whole story? Mm -hmm. And then the moral of the story is, you know, you should always tell the truth because... Uh, you know, you want to be an honest person and you'll feel better and, you know, all that type of stuff. So it's the same thing with the book. Mm-hmm. And we say each chapter should start out with that transformational story mm. that catches people. Start out with that transformational story that leads into, you know, the purpose of the question. So there are my little secret tips that we oh. run you through that you could start and have your book practically outlined today. Mm-hmm. Now, you want to hear a secret for why I do podcasts? Yes. I learned so much from some of my guests. <laughs> like I love that. What you've just shared right now, and I hope anyone listening to this can really um, use some of what you've shared. What you've shared right now in just a couple of minutes 
is golden. And I know it because I, I've written five books myself. I, I am, I can see that you are a master of story. And in fact, there's something you just said here that, that I really appreciate. You talked about the pastor analogy. You know, there's one element that pastors use that you didn't mention that oh. I, that I actually use. And I'm going to tell you right now, the band. The band. The music. Okay. Yeah. Now, what the music does is it brings in that emotional element, uh, into the story and into the, the things that they're sort of communicating. And you want to know what? In my book, Big Ticket Clients, I offer 10 of my songs as part of that process of moving people through emotions, believe it or not. So I'm, I'm listening to you going, confirmation, confirmation. I love this. So Melanie, on that note, on the note of storytelling, do you have any favorite stories of maybe client transformations that you've experienced that you would love to share without names, of course, but, um, you yes. know, some stories that are your favorites, maybe crazy ones or just fun stories. It'd be <laughs> nice to hear your stories of how you've transformed a few, a couple of clients, maybe. You know, my, some of my favorites are the before and after. Uh-huh. So it's like the makeover. So we've had, uh, several clients come to us that have done their book. And the cover is not good. (laughs) I mean, I hate to say, you know, it wanted to be nice, but it just wasn't good. Yeah. And some of them were loves their cover. They're like, "What? I really, you know, I did my cover myself. It's a picture of my backyard." And you're like, (laughs) "Yeah." So um, and it has has nothing to do with my topic, but it's it's a nice (laughs) picture. (laughs) Exactly. So we've done the before and after, and it's just been huge. And one of our authors. he has like 20 books to his credit. So mm. he's published a lot of books with a different publisher that's very um, traditional in sorts. And so when he came to us, we redid, um, he did a brand new book with us, first of all, that was, he did mostly nonfiction and then he did this fiction book. So we did the fiction book for him and he gave us a lot of leeway. Most of the time we're very collaborative about the title and the subtitle and the cover. He was like, I don't want to know. You guys just do it. Just yeah. give me the title, give me the subtitle. And then he loved everything. And we did a video. We do a real kick butt video for all of our authors. So mm-hmm. it goes on YouTube and it's a book, like a movie trailer, but it's a book trailer. So he kept sending stuff to his former publisher. Mm. Uh, Hello, did you see this? Look at this video I got. Hello, did you see this? I'm number one in 10 categories. Hello, did you see this? I got an Amazon author page. So he kept sending uh, sending them things. And then once he had such great success, he had us redo these other books on uh, Apollo, which is, you know, it's the anniversary this summer. He's like, I really need Mm -hmm. at least one of these books redone, redo the cover for me. And so that book is now taken off as well, because it just looks like night and day. The other one looked like you know, it was like a kid's book kind of, and this looks very professional. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of some of my favorites. And um, another than what they had, so we we are really well known for our nonfiction books. We mm. work with business owners and that's really our specialty, but we do fiction too, mm-hmm. but we're really like, you know, the meat is that nonfiction business owner. So, but recently we had a fiction book and we were talking about like, you can't necessarily make money on your book sales. They're selling 70 books a day. Mm. So they're doing, I mean, that's really good because an average fiction book that comes out of nowhere, you may sell 250 books during its lifetime. Mm -hmm. So they're selling 70 day. They're doing great. And what we love is we tell you, we're pushing you up to the top like Mm -hmm. you do with your book. And then we have some strategies to try and keep you there for as long as possible. Mm -hmm. So then you're on that first page. Absolutely. That, my that, the, the, the before and after are my favorite. Yeah, ones. no. And, and those are great before and after stories. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you find the time? to, you know, with all the stuff that you're doing in this world, 
to also be an active philanthropist. I mean, you've, you've raised over half a million dollars for nonprofits that you might, you've got a big heart. How do you find the time and the energy to do that? Tell us about the, the nonprofit work you've done. Yeah. Well, you know, when I was, um, in the money, so to speak, having the TV business, I, we donated a lot and we were very philanthropic during that course of time. And then when bankruptcy happened and, uh, you know, you don't have the resources to give like I did before. So I wanted to come up with a different way. And so I encourage people, you know, everybody has different things that you can give, whether it's money, whether it's time, whether it's resources. So I took a look at everything that we had and what could I do that could benefit. And I had these unlimited weeks down in the Dominican Republic for my uh, villa down there. Mm-hmm. And um, so as a family, we decided what a great way we could donate it to nonprofits. There is, um, I do it on a consignment fee because the way that my timeshare or, or uh, fractional ownership works is that I pay every time that we use it. So the charity pays 3500 only if they sell it. So it's no risk to them whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And anything that they sell over 3500 goes to the nonprofit. So it's for one week, seven nights down there up to a six bedroom villa. Cause I get options on all the different sizes villas down there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I've just put it in as many auctions as I can. It's like, you just have to, you know, focus on it. So whenever I'm somewhere and I hear, you know, a nonprofit or I'm uh, volunteering for such, I'm like, Oh, Hey, if anyone wants this, or if I'm speaking like here, it's like, oh, please contact me. If you have a nonprofit that you're passionate about, let me know. Um, I'd be happy to help and see if it's a good fit and donate the villa for the, for the auction. So it's been in silent auctions. It does really well in live auctions. And, um, and we've had charities that have sold it four times at one auction. Mm. So they really made a lot of money. It's just, it's so thrilling. We've helped people all over the world, not just in the United States. Mm-hmm. You know, Melanie, when we, uh, first started talking, you you said something that was really profound to me and actually uh, important to me because my focus is big ticket clients. You mentioned that you have to charge what you're worth. Can you give, do you have any advice to give for anyone who's out there who really wants to focus on big ticket clients? You know, what do they need to do to make that mindset and business shift to begin to, you know, play in the right pond, if you will? Um, what's your advice for, for, for people who want to focus on big ticket clients? You know, I think you have to realize your value and what you're bringing to the marketplace. So once you take your mind and wrap it around your own value, so many times we discount who we are and what we're really worth. So no discounting you and your services. Mm. And I think so many times we're training our clients the wrong way, right? We're saying, oh, well, we'll discount it. Well, now you've trained them that you're going to go down on your price. You've trained them that your value is not worth what it is. Never discount. If they're shopping prices, they're going to shop prices no matter what. Stick to your guns, stick to your prices. Mm -hmm. And the other big thing is... um, you know, you've got to approach people who have uh, money. I hate to put it that bluntly, yeah, yeah. but we had a mentor that said, don't work with broke people. You know what? My spin on that is that it takes the same amount of energy to get $5 from a broke person that it does to take 
five or to get five million from someone who has it. It's the same yeah. energy. Exactly. Well, and actually, I want to say it's less. It's less energy to get the five million than the five dollars because the five dollar client is going to be normally a pain in the rear. I hate to say that, but and the five million is not going to be as high maintenance usually. Mm-hmm. So, um, so think about that, and it's just getting your courage up and confidence. I would say it's really having your confidence of what you're worth and not being afraid to ask it. So the other thing is you're only going to get as much as your highest priced ticket item. Mm. So if your highest priced item say is $500, you're never going to make more than $500 from a client. So take a look at what value can you add that you can get 5,000 or 50,000 or Mm 500,000, right? So um, we've done this several times. We're like, okay, what is our highest ticket item? I mean, we're saying we want to make, you know, 50 to $100,000 a client. Well, where is that package? Mm -hmm. If we're not putting that package in front of people and creating that package, we're never going to sell it. So once we started doing that, then we realized that people would say yes to it if you're in front of the right people. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's what you have to do. So first of all, you have to create those packages and you have to be in front of the right people and make sure you have the confidence and don't discount your services. Nice. You know, as we wrap up, and by the way, I know you and I could talk for for a couple hours at least because you've got stories <laughs> just lined up. I love it. Um, as we wrap up, can you just remind us about the sort of ideal uh, authors and experts uh, that you help and how they can reach you. So do you have a favorite place online that you would like people to, and I'll put it in the show notes, people sure. to, to go look for you. So who are these folks again and what's the best way for them to reach you if they want to work with Melanie Johnson? So I would say entrepreneurs, business people, uh, politicians, would-be politicians, um, people who are looking to become an expert in their field. So um, you can reach us at EliteOnlinePublishing.com, and we have a submission form right there. Fill that out, um, and it'll give us all the information about you, and we'll reach right back out to you. So um, if you're looking for a great way to advertise your business that doesn't go away, that you'll get the most return on your investment for, um, then please look us up. Melanie, I have to say, not only are you a great communicator and storyteller and just all around cool person to hang out with, I've learned so much from you. And I want to thank you for being a guest on the Big Ticket Clients podcast. Thank you, Dr. Pillay. And I've learned a lot from you too. I learned something in the first five minutes I was with you. (laughs) All right. We'll talk to you again real soon. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Big Ticket Clients podcast. For more episodes and strategies, visit BigTicketClients.com. That's www.BigTicketClients.com. And remember, you can't catch a whale with a worm.